Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 368. Something that so many of us are now dealing with are future cruise credits and how to deal with getting them, redeeming them, and of course, waiting for them. So this week's podcast, will talk all about FCCs and what to expect when you're expecting. Here we go. This week's podcast episode may be a long time coming because, you know, even though cruising has obviously been shut down since about mid-March, we've all been going through different phases of, I think, this very topic, which of course are future cruise credits. And prior to the whole shutdown, you know, future cruise credits were really something that were relegated to what I would call major problems, screw-ups cancel cruises because of a hurricane, obviously, but they were very few and far between. And to be perfectly honest with you, most people never dealt with future cruise credits. I got my first future cruise credit uh, on a spring break cruise in which there was a maintenance issue on my cruise. And because it was such a, they had to take a couple days to fix it, they felt bad and gave me some future cruise credit to you. So it really was something that you rarely dealt with as an average cruiser, I would say. But of course, with so many cruises being canceled, future cruise credits are definitely something that you are a lot of people are dealing with. In fact, I would say if you're listening to this podcast and you have not gotten or had the option of getting a future cruise credit, I can only think either you booked a cruise like way in advance, or like 2022, or you've never cruised the Royal Caribbean before. And uh, I hope that you never run into this issue, but future cruise credits are a really important topic because it is so prevalent to what is happening. So this week I wanted to talk about that. Let's start off with what a future cruise credit is, FCC, and it's essentially a voucher for future travel. Similar to, you know, you might get vouchers for like airlines or even hotels where basically it's a monetary value and in lieu of getting a cash refund, you have a future cruise credit that you get from Royal Caribbean to be able to use towards a uh, a future cruise, right? I, I hate to use this the, the, the name and the definition, but you're using it towards a cruise in the future. I just did it again. You're using it towards a upcoming cruise vacation uh, that is not yet booked. So it's it has a value that's associated with a dollar amount, and it's good for a certain amount of time. There is an expiration date towards that, and that'll vary upon when it's issued to you. So a future cruise credit can be used towards the deposit and or cruise base fare of any future cruise, but it cannot be used towards paying the taxes, port fees, prepaid gratuity, or even shore excursions. So anything that's not the base fare. So if you're looking at your invoice for your cruise, that is the fare item, the, the, the line items for passenger one, passenger two, and so forth. Not the things at the bottom or any add-ons that go on to that. So uh, it can be used towards any new sailing you book or even any existing sailing that you previously had booked. And Royal Caribbean did change one of the rules. Early on, you couldn't use future cruise credits towards uh, new cruise deposits. That has changed. You can now use it towards that. So that's the that's the basics of, of, of what you can apply it towards. Um, now, in the context of getting a future cruise credit from Royal Caribbean, you know, we're really talking about canceled cruises, right? COVID-19, the extended a cancellation of, of cruises due to the fact that Royal Caribbean has not resumed operations and you get the choice of getting a future cruise credit, a refund, or of course, lift and shift, which is something that's a little bit different. And uh, I'm honestly not sure if we'll talk about it that in this episode, but it is another option that's available to you. And the primary reason why most people take a future cruise credit over a refund is for one reason only, you're getting more money back or more money in your pocket, I should say, for a future cruise credit. Royal Caribbean basically says you can get 100% refund in, in the case of a canceled cruise or 125% future cruise credit. Now, 
beyond the cruises that Royal Caribbean cancels, if you have a cruise that you have booked with Royal Caribbean and you decide to cancel it, regardless of the cruise fare, cancellation phase, whatever it is, no, there's no penalties assessed with that. You can opt for a future cruise credit, which will then be 100% of whatever you paid. But that is a significant benefit considering that before COVID-19, that didn't exist there. So it allows you the peace of mind that you can get your money back to be able to apply towards a vacation in the future whenever you feel comfortable sailing again. And that's something that's called the Cruise with Confidence program. That's what Royal Caribbean coined this overarching collection of new policies that allow far more flexible terms for being able to cancel your cruise. And there's advantages and disadvantages to a future cruise credit, right? Number one advantage of a future cruise credit, well, number one, you already paid that money. Let's say you booked a cruise a year ago and you paid off that cruise already. You already paid it. It's already out of your, you've already accounted for that money being gone and you're still going to take a cruise vacation at some point. So it makes a lot of sense to simply take that money and, and, and keep it allocated towards the cruise rather than getting it back, spending it on, you know, takeout or whatnot, and then having to dig up that same amount of money later on, right? It's, it's, it's already gone, so you may as well keep it in Royal Caribbean's hands and then be able to apply it towards a future sailing. On top of that, if, you're, if Royal Caribbean cancels your cruise, there's a huge benefit to the fact that Royal Caribbean is going to be giving you a bonus credit, 25%. Future cruise credit is a lot of money. I mean, you know, if it's a thousand dollars that you paid, right? That's twelve hundred and fifty dollars you're getting back, um, you know, in total for the future cruise credit. So, you know, free money is free money. That pays for a stateroom upgrade. That pays for maybe a longer sailing. There's a lot of reasons why you'd want to go with that. And again, if you know you're going to cruise again, you know, it, it seems I don't want to say silly because of course there's nothing wrong with taking a refund, but it allows you the flexibility of being able to say, okay, well, I know I'm going to cruise again. May as well just you know save myself the hassle and have that future cruise credit to be able to use towards uh, an upcoming sailing. And it's proven to be very popular, in fact. The last couple of quarterly earnings calls that Royal Caribbean has had with analysts have said that a lot of people, most people actually prefer or end up taking the future cruise credit over a refund. And it's because at the end of the day, people still want to take their vacations. And they understand that, listen, it's not going to happen this year, perhaps, but, you know, Next year is a whole different ball game, and the money's already there. And I think that bonus future cruise credit, that extra 25%, is really compelling for a lot of people. And in my own experience, I have taken a mix of future cruise credits as well as refunds because, yeah, free money is free money, right? That 25% is free money to be able to use. And it allows you to be able to, you know, again, turn around. A classic example of this was my Odyssey of the Seas cruise was canceled um, because of, you know, the ship being delayed. And initially, I was like, well, I'll take a refund. I was like, wait, what am I talking about? I'm going to go on Odyssey anyway, so I'll just reapply it, get the get the future cruise credit, and then book another Odyssey cruise, which is exactly what I did. But again, I came out ahead because I've got that extra bonus money there. Now, the one important thing about future cruise credits, I would say, a couple things. Number one, you have to wait for Royal Caribbean to process it. They're a lot better about those than they are about refunds, and they're a lot Royal Caribbean is a lot better in general today than they have been in the beginning of this in terms of being issued either, whether we're talking about FCCs or refunds, they are flowing a whole lot faster. They're not perfect. I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that they're perfect by any means, but they are being sent out there. And when you get a FCC, you're going to have an expiration date associated with that. What that means is you must use and take your cruise by a certain date in order to have it apply, uh, be, be applicable towards the reservation. And that's an important date because depending on when your cruise was canceled or whenever you canceled your cruise, either way, you will then be subject to the terms of that cancellation because the FCCs cannot be extended unless Royal Caribbean does so. You can't do anything about it. So it's really use it or lose it kind of situation. Now, in a lot of cases, you have a lot of time. But of course, as we all know, 
as of the recording of this podcast anyway, you know, this this current situation with COVID, it, there's no defin- definite time frame when Royal Caribbean will resume operations. And that, you know, adds a little bit of ambiguity to, well, you certainly don't want to be taking FCC if there's a possibility you won't actually be able to use it, right? Of course, that's the way you would take a, a refund in that situation. I, and uh, what's interesting is the actually the week before I recorded this episode, Royal Caribbean said they were considering extending it. I, I Look, listen, guys, you might say I'm, I'm sipping the Kool-Aid on this one. I really believe in my heart of hearts that Royal Caribbean will extend the FCCs if this goes on, uh, you know, lo- it continues on um, to a certain point. Because at the end of the day, it would be a terrible PR move for them to be able to say, well, you know, you, we issued these FCCs for future cruises. You can't actually use them because there are no future cruises, so tough luck. I, I, I just don't see that happening. I think for Royal Caribbean, there's very little risk, I guess. There's there's no reason not to extend it. I mean, it's going to keep you know, the money with them, the cruise line. It makes you happier. Uh, I, I just don't see a reason not to to do that. So, listen, it's not the case. This is speculation, so that very well could change, but uh, I would be shocked if they didn't extend it. So, from that standpoint, you know, I wouldn't have, personally, here's what I would say. Personally, I don't feel that there is a tremendous amount of risk in getting an FCC because I really do feel there's an ample opportunity to be able to use them. So how do you get an FCC? I mean, how do you actually get the FCC? It's not an actual certificate. It is not. Someone does not show up at your doorstep with balloons and a giant oversized check with that sounds like Ed McMahon, right? And there's a reference that only certain people will actually get. Uh, no, you're going to get an email. Uh, Royal Caribbean sends an email to both you and your travel agent. Uh, in my experience, uh, my travel agent ends up getting it first before me. But you get a, you get an email and basically say, you know, here's your FCC and it's your name and the amount and, and all that. So. When you get an FCC, first thing I would do, regardless of my travel agent got it, is I forward it to my travel agent anyway. Just say, hey, got this in the in the in my email. Keep a record of it because that it has in the email the redemption code. It's the the value you need to use for that. So make sure you know. I don't think you know my emails are mysteriously going to disappear, but you never know. You, sometimes you know accidents happen. Kids grab your phone, hit the delete button. Who knows, right? So keep a copy of that. That's the safe thing to do. Uh, and, and that way you have an opportunity to uh, have a second copy. Again, it, heck, it's, it's in your sent folder as well as your travel agent. So that's pretty good. Pay attention to that expiration date. That is a really important date because you want to make sure you don't forget about this, right? I mean, in a lot of cases, we're seeing uh, FCCs, you know, being uh, expiration dates sometime in at the end of next year, 2021, or, or, um, um, or, or even beyond that. It really does depend. So... You know, today, of course, we're all kind of, it's all, it's, we know about this. This is not a major thing to forget about, but, you know, whenever cruising resumes, it could, it can be very easy in my experience to forget about cruise credits. I've done this all the time with, with airline vouchers. I can't tell you how many times I've got an airline voucher. I put it on my desk. I forget that it's there. And then I book a bunch of flights and I forgot I had it in the first place. So, you know, maybe put a calendar reminder, something like that. So you don't forget about when they'll expire again. We have a lot of a lot of time for that. Uh, I feel like the the current date that um, most cruise with confidence FCCs will expire is uh, on or before December thirty first, twenty twenty one. So we still have a lot of time, m- much more than a year from now. And again, whether or not Royal Caribbean will extend that remains to be seen. But we'll have to we'll have to figure that out. Now, in terms of FCCs, you can still use them. Uh, an FCC that is with a travel agent, whether you use a travel agent in the first place or not, the FCC is owned by you. That's really important. Unlike the reservation, like if you book a cruise with a tra- with travel agent A, right, you can't call travel agent B and be like, hey, can you manage the reservation for me now? No, it doesn't work that way, right? 
But with an FCC, regardless of how you booked it, the FCC is quote unquote owned by you, the guest, and not attached to any agency. So when you get it, you know, if you change your mind later on or if you booked it on your own, you want to use a travel agent now, which is a great idea, of course, then you can absolutely uh, use that with any travel agent. So don't feel like you're locked in or you have to use it with travel agency A if you change your mind to go to travel agency B or whatnot. So something to definitely keep in mind um, when, when it comes to that. Um, in terms of the FCC's, the the rules about who can use it are kind of interesting because the future cruise credits are per person, per booking, and valid only for the person noted on. That is an important distinction because if you get an FCC and it's made out to, you know, myself, Matt Hotchberg, I cannot give that to my mom to use. I cannot apply it towards my friends or anybody else. It is for my use. This became an issue with some of these canceled cruises because inevitably, what here's what happened. You know, somebody decided, oh, we'll go on a family cruise and, you know, we'll invite my parents to come on the cruise. Wonderful. What a great family vacation. And you know what? Being the great son I am, I'm going to pay for my parents to come. Awesome. Well, when the cruise is canceled and you get the FCC, the money, the FCC comes back for one for me, one for my wife, one for my kids, and one for my, you know, mom and my dad. And they didn't pay for it, (laughs) but it's only available for them. Now, I will tell you, I have heard that some people have called Royal Caribbean and pleaded their case, explaining, listen, we, you know, we love our parents, but I, I, it's not for them. I paid for it. I want my money for me. And I have heard that, again, on a case-by-case basis, there's been some leeway in that policy. But just FYI, going forward, you should know what the policy is in terms of uh, what to expect if you're getting an FCC in the future. That may or may not be an issue for most people, but you know, for me, it doesn't matter. Like between my kids and my wife, like I don't care. We're all gonna go on a cruise at some point. So it's really not a it's not an issue. There are, however, however, two exceptions to cruise future cruise credits being transferable. If anybody is under 12 years old or over 70 years old, then those FCCs are actually transferable. So everything I just said about, you know, it's it's for the person on the reservation, it's actually not true. If you're over 70 or under 12, of course, with the idea being those age groups are perhaps not go- necessarily going to be able to take advantage of another cruise uh, anytime soon. So uh, that, there's an opportunity there. So if you have that, you don't have to worry too much about bucking the system. It's already working uh, in there for you. So, um, you know, there's a lot of other like, you know, kind of crazy rules about FCCs like, you know, can you use it a future cruise credit to pay for, uh, you know, a, a different cruise or can you combine FCCs? The answer is no. Um, unless, of course, your cruise is canceled when you had two FCCs on there, then they can combine them, but you can't. It, it's kind of a weird, there are a lot of weird rules and a lot of these rules about FCCs are really based in a time before COVID when, again, FCCs were kind of like, you know, you have a future cruise credit, like, you know, you must have got on a, you must, your cruise must have been canceled because of a hurricane kind of situation, right? It was just so rare. But, um, you know, there's 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 a lot of weird rules. And again, in what is now a unique scenario, but kind of becoming more commonplace, where you've been impacted by multiple phases of, of suspended sailings, uh, you know, when, when you have multiple FCCs or you have an original FCC and now you're going to get a new one, then you can combine them into one. Uh, at that point, but only because it's been canceled there. The other thing you should be aware of when it comes to a future cruise credit, if Royal Caribbean canceled your cruise, so Royal Caribbean canceled your cruise and you said, I want to take the 125% future cruise credit, and now fast forward and you're saying, you know what, I, maybe I'm going to just uh, go for a 100, I want the 100% refund. I, I, you know, the future cruise credit was fine, but now I'm changing my mind. You do have a certain point 
uh, depending on when your cruise is canceled. Sailing is departing on or before May 11, 2020. Refunds can be requested for a future cruise credit on or before December 31st, 2021. All sailings after April 16th, 2020 must refund requests must be requested on or before December 31st, 2020. So keep those dates in mind. You know, the, the nice thing about the FCCs, and this is something I wanted to talk about as well. If if you're going forward now and Royal Caribbean cancels your cruise, you know, the day that Royal Caribbean announces it, I think a lot of us, myself included, are like, oh my gosh, I got to make a decision right now about what I want to do. The safe thing to do actually is to just go with the FCC for now and you have time to change your mind because, again, you have until, in, as I just mentioned here, you know, uh, you have uh, until December 31st, 2020 to convert the F the 125% FCC into a 100% refund instead. If, you know, a month later, I change my mind. Maybe, you're, you know, maybe your financial situation changes. Maybe you decide, you know, this is not for you or whatever the, whatever the rationale is, you have that opportunity. But don't feel like when Royal Caribbean cancels a cruise, you have to make a decision at that time that has been when i when this first started i was of that mindset completely i was like i i had like my my tra the, i would write the blog post and while i'm writing with one hand typing it up i'd like be texting my other travel agent with my other hand be like you know please cancel my cruise like do this and, and the reality is it's actually not necessary if you know it sure but it's not necessary to act that quickly on it you have time and that's very important i feel to be able to make sure you're making the most informed decision possible because of course you know, there, not only is there FCCs to consider, you know, but you have things like, you know, future uh, lift and shift and, um, you know, of course, the refund option there. So don't feel like you have to make a snap decision immediately. You do have some more time when it comes to FCCs, you know, and, and beyond that, when we're looking forward now, I think for most people who have FCCs, we're looking forward to 2021, right? We're really looking at this as, OK, we have an FCC and, you know, how are we going to use it there? You know, I, I, I think that if you went for the FCC route, a lot of it is trying to figure out what's the best way to redeem it. And for a lot of people, I, the most common uh, response I've gotten from people is, oh, you know, the extra 25% credit we're getting sounds like actually a really good opportunity to maybe bump up, whether it's the stateroom, whether it's a more popular time to go on a cruise, right? Maybe you're going on a cruise in the beginning of a the shoulder season of a, of a sailing, but now you want to go during prime time. And of course, the extra money you can you can afford it now. That's a good thing for you. And a lot of other people simply look at it as, you know, we paid that cruise off, you know, last year. We're getting the FCC for it. So now we can, again, splurge a little bit more because we're going to use that as like the down payment, if you will, towards a more expensive sailing. So there's a lot of things to do. Again, I basically look at it as, you know, okay, I lost this cruise. How do I, what cruise am I looking to make up with it or book next and then use that FCC to to, to put it into play, if you will. So, um it's kind of, you know, there, there isn't a right or wrong there, but, you know, the FCCs are a very interesting and, and popular option because I think it gives a lot of people, you know, the the idea, myself included, you know, if you paid a cruise off, you know, a year or two ago and, you know, now it's canceled, well, that, that stinks, but you're going to pay that, that money's already gone. Like from my mental, like I don't mind getting money back in my, my bank account by any means, but at the same time. It's kind of like once that money's out and gone and I've already rectified my bank accounts and, you know, we, we've moved on from losing that money. It does. I don't say losing that money. You know what I mean? That it kind of feels like, well, that's like play money now. It's it's just it's in the ether and it's best to, again, reapply it because you're not counting on that money. You didn't pay that cruise off, you know, nine months ago thinking, oh, geez, I hope we get this back in, in a credit because otherwise I can't pay my bills. No, you, you know, you made the. You, you got that covered. So there's a lot of, there's a compelling reason to do so. Um, 
The one thing, I, there is one scenario that has people have mentioned in passing. Um, I haven't seen it mentioned nearly as as much, I think, these days as maybe a couple months ago. But of course, some people are saying, listen, I should get a, you should get refunds because, you know, if Royal Caribbean goes bankrupt, you know, you're going to lose out on those credits. And I simply respond with, I think the idea, the notion that Royal Caribbean will go bankrupt anytime soon is really a, a bit of a fallacy. I think that it, Royal Caribbean, number one, has proven that they have a lot of liquidity um, at hand right now. They have, by most accounts, they have enough money now to get through the, I, I think most of, if not all, of 2021 um, without any actual revenue coming in. They've taken out enough loans people to do that. And, and that really kind of covers, I think, for a lot of people, I'm not saying this is necessarily, I'm not predicting anything by any means, but for a lot of people, it's the quote unquote best case scenario in the sense that, or worst case scenario, I should say, about, you know, what could possibly happen with, you know, resuming cruises and, and life in general, you know, vaccines and, and you know, the, basically the global health emergency kind of going away. Um, and that's a discussion for a different day. But I just wanted to point out that they have a lot of money on hand. Royal Caribbean is not going anywhere. And number two, they're very, they were a very profitable company ahead of time, you know, even before all this. So even Wall Street has not quite given up on Royal Caribbean by any means. In fact, actually, there's every like couple of weeks I'll see an article from some Wall Street analyst being like, can't believe it, but Royal Caribbean stock is still, you know, sitting at this point. And it, you know, it's not that it defies logic, but it's just that there's a reason why profitable companies are profitable. We're, you know, profitable companies that were profitable companies are going to be profitable companies in the future because there's always, there's demand for that. And, and the cruise industry is a very profitable industry. It's just simply a matter of when can they start up again? And so I don't think it's that we're, we're anywhere near the point where you need to worry about this. This isn't like an airline in which, you know, I've seen this in Europe where some airlines go out of business and it's like, you know, one day they're in business and one day they're not. Um, you know, the cruise lines are in a much different situation. And they've also, I think, they saw the writing on the wall very early because that's why a lot of them, including Royal Caribbean, took out a number of loans uh, to, to keep themselves afloat, no pun intended. So, um, listen, you know, there's probably people who disagree with me on that one. And I've certainly seen their comments on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And that's fine. I mean, listen, we're kind of predicting the future. We're kind of trying to make our best guess as to what can happen with so many crazy possibilities out there. But keep in mind that when it comes to the FCCs, there is a lot of flexibility with that. And I wouldn't worry too much about it. Certainly not in the short term. You're not when we're sitting here at the, you know, the mid to late part of 2020 and kind of trying to figure out what's going to happen a year from now. Because if you think about the grand scheme of the world today and trying to predict what's going to happen a year from now, my goodness, there is so much that is uh, that that you can consider there. So I'm not going to worry too much about that. But generally speaking, when it comes to FCCs, again, you want to pay attention to the details. You want to make sure you have that expiration date in mind. Also keeping in mind you have an opportunity, at least a short-term opportunity, to transfer it to a refund if you so choose later on. That's an important date as well. And try to maximize it. I mean, really, if you've got an FCC, you know, take advantage of it, man. Use it towards the the, you know, splurging a little bit. Treat yourself as as I as they say. I don't think anyone says that anymore. I think I just say it because I'm out of touch and I think people say it anymore. But anyway. It's a, maybe this is the opportunity to take what would have been a really fun cruise anyway and make it an amazing cruise in 2021 with your future cruise credits. Alrighty, time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the episode where you can send me your email. Actually, if you send it to me now, I still won't read it because I won't get it in time. But if you had sent me your emails, I will read them now. And if you haven't sent me your emails, you can send them by emailing it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, -T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. 
Our first email is from Mike and Tony Schmidt from Plattsburgh, New York, and they're writing to us about actually last week's podcast episode, which 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 is uh, episode 367, uh, The Jewel of the Sea Screws that Pascal took. And uh, they write, uh, just listen to Pascal's memories of September 2004, New England cruise out of Boston on Jewel of the Seas running into a hurricane. We were also on that memorable cruise. It was the first cruise for Jewel in the U.S. and the inaugural season. The ship was beautiful, still is, and is our favorite ship. I remember the self-leveling pool table that Pascal mentioned and watched it in fascination when the storm was developing. In New Brunswick, we saw the Bay of Fundy and Reversing Falls going on an excursion watching the water flow one direction in the morning and reversing itself in the afternoon coming back. The captain was from St. John's, New Brunswick, and I recall locals meeting him on the pier. At the stop in Halifax, our last event was in the Maritime Museum, and we said that the Titanic exhibit noting that the Halifax people were the ones who recovered the bodies. We did have to bypass Prince Edward Island because of the high seas. Yes, they were in the 30-foot range. The ship would go up, would go up, come down fast after the crest, then sometimes crash in the next wave if it was close. The whole ship would shudder and creak like you hear in museums showing ships uh, the days of the discovery of our continent. I watched the ship cam and winds on the deck were 87 to 127 miles per hour for a time. Deck three was basically underwater and the crew went in cabins to do something to strengthen the porthole windows. Walking upstairs, your knee, your knee just about hit your chin if the ship rode up a wave. Going down, you ended up running up the ship, uh, went down from a crest. We enjoyed the music that evening in the schooner bar. Walking was fun. Pascal mentioned seeing beluga whales. We went up for the, I can't pronounce this, Saguni, Sagune River from the St. Lawrence the next day, calm at that point, seeing only the fjords in North America and seeing belugas and minke whales. There was also a narrator who pointed out the whales and gave the history of the area. It was beautiful beyond belief. When we got to Quebec City for two days there, there was a whale on the bow thruster. Quebec City was as, was wonderful, as was seeing Bar Harbor in Maine on top of Mount Cannon. Um, the whole trip was the best one we've taken and memorable. When we returned to Boston, we got a copy of the Boston Globe, which had a big story on the jewel of the seas about its inaugural season. As a radiance, as a new radiance class ship, that is, it was noted that there's more glass and less metal superstructure, and they said the engineers were concerned about it breaking up in a hurricane, but they finally found a computer model that said it would be fine. Well, we were proof that the ship did fine. After the storm calmed, the ship, the captain said she's a fine ship. And he's also a great captain. Love Royal Caribbean. Love Jewel of the Seas. You know, thanks for the email, Mike and Tony. And I got to say, guys, if you were if you were listening to some of that, because I was reading about, you know, especially about the, the winds on the deck being 87 to 127 miles per hour. And if you were sitting there saying, oi vey, that sounds awful. Like, if you paid attention, both Mike and Tony and, of course, Pascal in that episode, they didn't be like, and oh my God, it was awful. No, they it was one of their best cruises. Uh, as as uh, Mike and Tony just said there, you know, it was one of the the best cruises they've ever taken, very memorable. And, um, you know, listen, it sound, I think in a lot of cases, it always sounds worse than it is. But of course, Royal Caribbean always make sure that it's still safe and they're gonna take care of you. And, uh, you know, I, it, it's funny though, that both that Pascal came on to talk about that particular sailing and you guys were on it too. So how cool is that? Next, we have an email from Declan, who writes, we live in Central Florida, Satellite Beach, and we want to cruise out of Miami. We're debating between driving and flying. We fly a ton and hate driving, but with the flights, plus Uber and parking in Orlando, we don't know if it'd be worth it. What would you do? Hmm, live in Central Florida, go on a cruise out of Miami. I mean, personally, I would drive, and I'm gonna tell you why I would drive Declan, because I hate flying. I, I'm, I'm scared of it, I don't enjoy it, so if I can, I would rather do the three and a half hour drive. For me, it's three and a half hours. I think it's a little bit closer for you guys, because you're, you don't have to cut over from the from Orlando, you're coming in from uh, Satellite Beach. Anyway, 
I digress. Uh, you know, to me, it's worth it because I don't have to fly. And and while there are sometimes some pretty good rates, I remember one time I sent my wife down to meet me in, in Miami, and I think we got like a $35 rate on American Airlines, something like that per person. I mean, it's crazy because it's, it's, you know, it's a joke of a route, right? Orlando to, to Miami is like, you know, an hour up and down. But, you know, the, the issue for me, number one, if there's more than like, you know, a 30 minute delay on that flight, it would have been faster to drive between all the time you're taking to get to the airport and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's number one. Number two, of course, the hassle of the airport. Um, the reason why an airport is nice, flying is nice, is you, number one, you're not spending, you know, three hours in a car, you know, just kind of watching nothing go by because it you drive through really a very, very desolate area of Florida. And on top of that, when the cruise is over and you're tired, doing that drive is kind of, you know, not that great. But... I, this is really a question of do you want I mean you say you fly a ton and hate driving well which do you hate more flying or driving because if you hate driving then I guess flying is the way to go keeping in mind by the way Declan don't just look for flights to Miami look at also flights to Fort Lauderdale because Fort Lauderdale is so close and if you can save some money because Southwest goes to Fort Lauderdale hey you might be able to save a couple bucks going that route but again also uh, you have the option of, of flying into Miami there so you have a couple options I mean I've talked a little bit on the podcast about the Red Coach bus, which I have taken and I've had pretty good experiences on. Um, it's uh, for, Red Coach is what they call a first class bus experience. I'm not willing to say that it necessarily goes. I wouldn't. Uh, my definition of first class and theirs is a little different, but it's still pretty nice. It's not like a Greyhound bus or one of those like mega buses or anything like that. But it is an option. It's very uh, economical and it is probably. I mean, you're you're driving, but you're not actually driving. You take a nap. You can work on your computer. You can. You know, pretty much do a lot of things, but um, that might be another option to consider. But uh, again, if it were me, I'd probably drive, uh, unless of course you know the Red Coach was uh, an interesting idea. I, I don't hate Red Coach, and it goes out of Orlando near the Orlando airport. You can pick it up over there, and go, it goes right to Miami International Airport, so it's very convenient. But um, you know, different search for different folks, kind of thing. So it's hard to read necessarily, Declan, exactly what you're looking for there but I hope that that makes a little bit of sense. And our last email today is from Scott J. He writes, I know everyone is focused on the return of cruising, but if any of your listeners need, want, or have to renew their passports, they should apply as soon as possible. The shutdown has affected us as well, and will take some time to get us through the backlog. Uh, and he provides a link here to the uh, State Department stuff. Um, Try to talk my wife into the November 2021 group cruise. Scott, thanks for the email, and I hope you join us on that group cruise, my friend. That would be amazing. That's the Harmony of the Seas. Thanksgiving group cruise, November, 2021. More details at royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events. Uh, I got to renew my, my youngest daughter's passport. It expired in July and we were going to, you know, our plan was, oh, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll, you know, take care of it this summer. Well, of course the passport service has been kind of shut down there. So um, I, I do know that some people that applied for passports, like back in the beginning of the shutdown, finally got there. So uh, anyway, to Scott's point, yes, if you're like me and you're dealing with the uh, need a passport renewal or want to get one, even though we don't know when cruises will actually resume, now is a really good time to get yourself into the queue to get it taken care of. So uh, that's a good reminder. And Scott, thank you for sending me that email because I think that's going to help a lot of people, including myself. If, no, if nothing else, Scott, you have helped me out. So thank you very much. And thank you to everybody for listening and checking out this week's episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. You can always email me your questions, anything that's on your mind about a Royal Caribbean cruise by sending it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.